your immune system by being vaccinated could be so revved up and primed that a common cold, which would do you nothing normally, could cause you serious problems in the coming months. And that's what we're sitting back to see what's going to happen. That's a very, very, very concerning issue. Shalom, shalom, Dr. Alexander. Shalom, Abby. Thank you very much. I'm fine and uh, I'm very honored and privileged to be on your fine show. I know my colleague, Dr. Harvey Rich, was interviewed recently by you, and uh, your viewers should know that he remains preeminent as probably the world's top epidemiologist. Yes, I feel very blessed to have uh, had the opportunity to interview him, and he gives very high regard for you as well and your professional uh, experience and knowledge. So before we even get into the topics, can you just give everybody uh, of your background, who you are, what's your medical experience, background, etc.? Sure. And thank you very much again. So I'm speaking today as an academic scientist with uh, a lot of expertise in COVID. And um, I've been fortunate that um, I've been working in this. I'm heavily worked in the area of COVID for the last 19, 20 months. So quickly, my academics, quickly, my work that's germane to this question. So my background in academics, I did a graduate school at York University in Canada and health sciences, a master's level work. I moved on to University of Toronto. I did a, a master's degree in epidemiology also there. Um, <clears throat> from that, um, I did a small uh, certificate at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore in um, biological warfare, bioterrorism. And um, I had the good fortune of working with the late Dr. Donald Henderson who eradicated smallpox. Actually, I was going to do my doctorate with him um, and he agreed to supervise me because I, I developed a um, back and forth and, and a learning kind of mentorship with him. Brilliant man, very good man. From there, I decided to uh, go on to Oxford and um, because of funding really um, in the United States at that point for me, I did a master's in evidence-based medicine at Oxford under some of the world's leaders in like Paul Glasio, Dr. Carl Hennigan, Hennigan um, Dr. Amanda Bulls, et cetera. And um, I then decided, you know, I will finish off with a doctorate in um, evidence-based medicine and research methodology uh, to refine my skills in research methods. And I chose to go to McMaster University in Canada. It's uh, McMaster is the top research methods uh, unit in the world. Um, it's not in the top 100 universities, but if you tease out research methodology um, programs, it's the best. And seven of the top 10 research methodologists globally um, teach there and are there. And my doctorate was under Dr. Gordon Guyatt. He is the founder of evidence-based medicine with Dr. Dave Sackett. So I had the good fortune of doing my uh, PhD with him and my postdoc. So germane to this topic in terms of COVID, around mid of 2019, the World Health Organization, uh, Geneva and Pan American Health, because of my background training in evidence-based medicine, reached out to me to build a training program for them for low and middle income countries in terms of science, evidence, um, research, <clears throat> to train uh, persons in those countries. Um, Whilst doing that, uh, we started to get these reports in uh, China and in Lombardia, like Italy, about 
these uh, so these infections and these deaths, etc., that was kind of spooking the world. And we saw all of these uh, very crazy images on television with people just dropping dead in the street. So WHO asked me around, I would say, mid to end January, beginning of February, to change my role with them at PAHO and to be their COVID pandemic advisor in terms of all of the evidence and sensitizing of the evidence and helping them make some sense of it. So I, I pivoted my role in that. And um, around uh, April or so, I got a call from the US administration telling me that some of the stuff that I had written and statements that I made had reached the, the Oval Office and the president and that uh, people in the administration wanted me to join uh, behind the scenes in Health and Human Services to work with the assistant secretary and um, provide technical input to support the task force and whomever needed technical support, more from an evidence-based medicine point of view. So I went to DC and um, it's the most harrowing experience ever, I would say. And um, I departed in September. And uh, since then, I've been working with many international groups globally in COVID and supporting, working with people like Dr. Harvey Rich who supports all of these groups scientifically. Dr. Peter McCullough, who's the lead on, a, on early outpatient treatment and a brilliant scientist. Other people like Dr. Howard Tenenbaum, who is the chief surgeon um, uh, uh, dentist at um, Mount Sinai in Toronto. One of my good friends now, beautiful person. Um, so we are providing technical expertise to the COVID-19 group in the United States. It's about 1,000 to 1,200 uh, scientists and doctors from around the world now, headed by Dr. McCullough. And um, I also provide support to different groups. So anything to do with COVID, I'm involved in. Right now, the, the big fight is um, no vaccines for the children. So that's where we are, we are honing in our expertise and our battles, our interviews and our um, writing. I'm writing a lot and particularly on natural immunity, et cetera. <clears throat> so you're saying right now the big issue you're working on is against the vaccination program for children. Yes. Uh, well, the FDA just decided, just gave its approval, the emergency use approval to vaccinate children. So why? what's your position that that's wrong? Well, I, really, I would like to also discuss the issue of lockdowns because that philosophy put me on the map. But I'll focus on that quickly to tie that up. I was one of the scientists that went to the FDA a few weeks ago to argue against the third-shot boosters um, because we saw that the vaccine was failing against the Delta. And that's the issue. The problem is that the immunity is waning quickly. And uh, the real challenge is we did not do the studies properly, safety data, to follow up adults to follow up anyone as to what would be the situation with you boosting people every six months remember we already have people now eight months in third and now i even hear israel is considering a fourth shot we don't know how the human system is going to operate we just don't know because we did not do the studies these vaccine developers failed to do the proper follow-up long-term studies and that is the key they did not exclude the harms from these vaccines long term so I know there are people out there talking about, well, I took the vaccine, I seem to be fine. I'm very happy for you, whomever you are. And um, I support anybody with their right to make an informed, ethical, ethically 
informed decision, properly consented, once you understand the, the benefits versus the harms. Uh, we're not properly consenting people, even in Israel. People are not being given the benefits and the harms of these vaccines. So that's a huge, huge problem and violates all 10 tenets of the Nuremberg Code. And Dr. Tenenbaum and myself wrote a paper on this and published it. And the reality about it is now they're coming at the children. Now, the FDA, and some of my work also was part of that FDA argument. Um, the FDA made a decision, the advisory group, that they would, that they agreed, I think 17 to 0 or something like that, right. uh, that, they, that they took Pfizer's application and agreed. So they're making a move to approve this. But here's the problem, if they haven't approved it already. The problem is that <clears throat> children are almost near zero, statistical zero risk of becoming ill, of, of even acquiring infection in the first place and becoming ill and spreading COVID uh, virus um, or, or dying from this. I mean, that is the data. The data is 19 months old and it is very clear and stable. No one can bring an argument otherwise. No one. I mean, Dr. Martin McCarry out of Johns Hopkins, his team looked at the, the persons, the, the young persons who were classified as have died due to COVID. His argument is very easy to understand. CDC will not release the details as if the deaths were causal or incidental. But set that aside. CDC has not been forthcoming in most things regarding COVID. But set that argument aside for now. What Macari and his team found is that no child that was given a diagnosis of death due to COVID was a healthy child. And that's an important issue that parents need to consider. COVID has spared our children. COVID is not seasonal influenza. So children do not have that level of risk. And the challenge now becomes, you have children with very low risk in the first place brought to the table, yet you want to vaccinate them and you have not made a case, CDC, NIH, anyone, Fauci, Walensky, government in Israel, government in Canada, Dr. Howard New, Dr. Howard, Dr. Theresa Tam, who heads the public health agency there, Francis Collins of the NIH in the United States, not one of these senior public health officials, none of the governments, none of the leaders, none of the bureaucrats, technocrats, no one has made a case yet. They have not prosecuted the case as to why any child, any healthy child, any healthy child, pro parents properly informed, should be given these vaccines. No one can make a case. Children bring near zero risk, and the vaccines have potential for harm. No opportunity for benefit, only harm. It skews the risk towards harm. Therefore, parents cannot and must not agree to their children. Listen. These vaccine developers and the government of the United States, uh, President Trump, under the PREP Act, gave um, some sort of absolvement. It is something that I disagreed with, and I disagree with vehemently today, where the vaccine developers, etc., have no liability. So my argument is this. To Fauci and Walensky and Francis Collins and your ministers of health, your prime minister, if they are so sure that these vaccines are safe, if they stand by these vaccines and they think that these vaccines are safe, then take the liability protections off the table. Remove your liability protection. Stand up. The only person right now at, at, at risk is the children. 
That's unfair and that is reckless and dangerous. So if you are so big and strong that you want to vaccinate my child, when you bring to the table, you bring it, liability protection, and you remove it and you stand up and say, I am so sure this is safe that I will remove liability protection and I will stand responsibility for any child harmed or killed because I'm telling you, Avi, <clears throat> thousands of Americans, thousands of Europeans have died post one, two to five days from these vaccines. It is linked to the vaccines. Whether the media and the government is pretending that these vaccines don't cause adverse events and deaths, that's another discussion. We put a pin in that one. <clears throat> but the issue is children have been spared from COVID, yet we want to introduce a vaccine into their arm that has been causing deaths in the adults and older persons. We are going. We are, this is not a possibility. We are going to kill many thousands of children, just like how adults have died from these vaccines, if we vaccinate them. Children are not candidates for these. They have natural protections, their natural innate immunity, etc. Why would we vaccinate children? Why? No one can give a proper a proper explanation because children's <clears throat> natural defenses against COVID, their natural innate immunity provides potent biological defense. And why would we bypass this and inject the vaccine into the arm, into the deltoid? when we know already that evidence has emerged from the Japanese biodistribution study, from the Ogata study from Harvard, that the vaccine and the content of the vaccine enters the systemic circulation. So why would we do that? Why, when there's no risk? And that's the issue. So I will argue with anyone, I will challenge anyone, anyone, any government official, any scientist that they have to debate me, debate Dr. Rich. Debate Dr. McCullough, bring anyone that they have, anyone, and show us, show us the data or the science or the evidence that tells you and supports you that children need to be vaccinated. There is none, and they will never debate us, never. So I want to I wanna follow up on one point you made, because you mentioned how the vaccine it, it did. There's no data to support that the vaccine stopped the Delta variant. Yep. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Israel. I'm here in Israel. In yes. Israel, our politicians and medical establishment say, "Hey, the vaccine worked. It stopped the Delta." So what are you seeing that our politicians and medical professionals here in Israel see differently? That that's what they are selling to the public. Well, I mean, look. So if you're looking at the Israel experience. Um, I remember, I think you started vaccination around August 1st with the booster. When we looked at your data... We Correct. And, so, and, and everyone were talking about the third booster, meaning everyone who got yeah. two, now they were given the third in order to, to fight off yes. the Delta. around August 1, if I remember the dates correct. Correct. And then we saw the infections dramatically escalate. So that told us that the booster was not working. Right? Now, we knew all along it is my contention and some other scientists that we always felt that any benefits from that, that you have seen, look, this virus is, is, is demonstrating its seasonality and its waves. And with every successive one is petering out. It's, it's dying, it's going. Right now the Delta is the, is, the, is the least consequential. 
it have, have uh, highly infectious, very, very low lethality. The question is, we felt that it is your natural immunity and the society grinding out natural immunity. It is the use of early treatment. Many doctors in the United States, for example, thousands of doctors are prescribing early treatment sideways and below the table because they would lose their license. Many in different countries across the world. And if you tell me that the vaccine didn't work previously, how could you make the case now that it is because of the vaccine that infections are coming down? I, I, I just don't understand that. If when you gave the vaccines, you started the boosters, the infections went up. Now you're telling me the infections are coming down. How? What? what is it the vaccine? Why, why is it not natural immunity? Why is it not early treatment? Why? Now, you mentioned two very important points. On the one hand, you mentioned earlier that the fact that this is something that's going to have to be a, a shot every few months or every six months because they wane, yes. then that in itself is a problem. And the second point you mentioned is you, you answer, when I asked you how do we know or how do you know that the booster isn't effective against the Delta, you said because there was a rise in infections here in Israel immediately after people got the booster. So what you're, you're basically pointing out is that People are getting sick with the virus immediately within a short period of time after getting the shot. And, and that is a sign that there's something wrong with the shot. Am I wrong on, on how, how I'm well, that, saying what you said? So that, well, you see, Avi, that's our argument. Look, there's a study that was, that was released about a month ago from Israel. And Israel really is our Petri dish because you guys were first out of the gate with the Pfizer, et cetera, and you vaccinated a, a fair proportion of, of your population. So it gives us much better data to look at. That study by Gazette, G-A-Z-I-T, et al. That study was probably, I don't know if you know which one I'm referring to. Do you know which one I'm referring to? No. Okay, there was a study by coming out of Israel, major study one month ago by Gazette et al. It was transformational and probably was a seminal study we thought from a scientific point of view that it, it shut the door and closed everything. That this discussion about the, the vaccines and the efficacy and all this and vaccine mandates was over. Because what they showed was this. They looked at near 1 million Israelis. They looked at the data and they, 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 they cut it up into three separate groups. One was double vaccinated persons with no prior COVID infection. One was COVID-recovered persons, persons who had COVID, cleared it and recovered, so now they're immune. And a third group was COVID-recovered, but with one shot. And what they found was the double-vaccinated persons had a 13-fold increased risk of being infected with the Delta variant. They found a 78-fold increased risk of uh, being hospitalized. They found a 27-fold increased risk of uh, being symptomatic. So that study, because of the large sample size and how well it was conducted, while still preprint, showed us that we have a problem with the vaccines. There was another study uh, published in Lancet by Chao et al. looked at some uh, healthcare workers, nurses, who were confined to a hospital situation because there was a Delta outbreak. And what they found was that all the nurses were double vaccinated, yet the nurses spread Delta to themselves. They were all confined, potentially to all their patients too. 
What they also found alarmingly was that whilst it showed us the double vaccinated persons were spreading this virus, similar to what Gazette et al showed, what it also showed us was that the nurses had a viral load of about 250 times in their nasopharyngeal passages. So it, it demonstrated to us alarmingly that not only do they become infected and colonize the virus, they potentially transmit it because they transmitted it to each other. We saw that in that study. And we have studies by Ryan Mersma out of Wisconsin that shows that uh, the, 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 the viral load and vaccinated and unvaccinated are the same. It was those studies that caused the CDC director to come to the to television and podium and state that you still have to wear masks post-vaccine because it appears now that the vaccinated and the unvaccinated have same viral loads and can, and can transmit. So look, here's the key. People don't want to People don't want to address the issue head on. And look, you gave me an interview, and I'm a scientist. I'm very heavily schooled in COVID. I am entitled to my opinions, just like you, your government, people in the United States. And this is how we learn. We share. We try to think critically. We try to bring the evidence to the table and try to make sense of it so we could improve and figure this thing out. My view, my view, so if you ask me bluntly, what's your view? These vaccines have failed against the Delta. They're not working. And the fact that in eight months, you've given people a third dose and now prepping for a fourth in less than a year. Think about it. Have you ever heard that you get a vaccine even as a, as a child and then have to be re-immunized repeatedly? You're one and done. You're vaccinated for life, measles, whatever. This is a problem. We do not know how the human system will behave physiologically long-term with all of these antibodies being boosted every six months. The data shows us that the Pfizer vaccine as an example, the antibodies weigh 40% per month. That tells you that three months after, you're almost devoid of antibody response. And now there are studies that are actually demonstrating there's not just no antibody, no response detected, it's negative antibodies. So we have a problem, and, 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 and if the response by the government is, oh, well, then every four months come and boost. That is insane. That is illogical, irrational, absurd, dangerous, and reckless. That's not a policy. We have a serious problem because what happens if all of these repeated boosting kills people long term? That's the question. So when people like me and Rich, et cetera, and McCullough, Look, I, 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 I understand the role of vaccines. My children were vaccinated. I mean, I've learned a lot now because of COVID and these vaccines. Now I question whether I should have vaccinated my children mm. to the extent that they have every possible vaccine that they needed legitimately for school purposes. Similar to like, like what people do in Israel. You have your vaccine regimen and schedule. But now I understand it much more. I understand now what happens. And I understand that you could vaccinate someone with a suboptimal vaccine. And, and that's where the concept of the original antigenic sin comes in. And that's a real issue. And the issue of Marek's disease, where Reed et al. wrote about this in 2015, that you could be... Look, do you know the issue about Marek's disease on your chickens? No. Okay. Well, I'll tell you briefly. It's, very, it's not just interesting. Actually, I'm writing an op-ed right now 
for Brownstone Institute because I published with them heavily. And um, I'll tell you, there's this problem in the chicken industry all over the world. Chickens have this disease called Marek's disease, M-A-R-E-K, that all chickens suffer with. And massive poultry farms need to vaccinate their chickens. It's not something that the general public is involved with, but it's something that goes on. It's part of raising massive loads of chickens because the chickens infect each other and the disease kills them. So what did they do? The vaccine developers invented a vaccine for chickens that chickens have been getting for the last many years across the world. But this vaccine is what we call, and that's where we understood the concept of a leaky vaccine. A leaky vaccine is one that does not prevent you from becoming infected. Well, in that case, the chickens, but it's playing out now in adults in COVID or transmitting. A leaky vaccine is a vaccine that does not prevent the host, the person who's being vaccinated or the entity from being infected or transmitting the pathogen. What it does is, is it moderates and damps down your symptoms. And this is our concern. And this is what I have been arguing out there about this issue about antibody-dependent enhancement and Marek's disease and how it is actually playing out in front of us. Because what they did in 2015 was this. They looked at, they conducted an experiment and this really opened our eyes to the challenge with a suboptimal vaccine in the concept of the original antigenic sin. When you prime the immune system in one direction, the immune system will continue in that way and it's biased and prejudiced to that response. So if you prime the immune system suboptimally, if the first exposure of priming, let's say from a vaccine, was your first exposure, is a suboptimal exposure, your immune system will be primed and prejudiced and biased in that direction for the rest of your life. And the reality about it is what they did was that they looked at, they, they looked at all of the chickens were infected and they divided them into two groups. One was vaccinated and one was unvaccinated. So all of the chickens are infected. One group was a vaccinated group. One was an unvaccinated group. And they exposed those two groups of chickens. Again, a vaccinated infected and unvaccinated infected to a third group of chickens, a sentinel group, clean. No problems, no infections, not sick, nothing. Regular chickens. And what did they see? They found alarmingly that the vaccinated chickens, and this showed us when a suboptimal vaccine that only reduces symptoms, the catastrophe that could happen, they showed us that the, 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 the group of vaccinated chickens transmitted infection to the sentinel group, the third group, faster, wow. much more infectious, and much hotter, hotter variants, means more lethal. And that opened our eyes. Why? Those vaccines in the chickens were not preventing infections, were not preventing the chickens from transmitting. They were reducing symptoms. So in fact, what they were doing was giving the chickens, the infected chickens, an evolutionary future a life, an extended life that they never had. Because normally, 
If a strain or variant is so hot and lethal to the host, natural selection will cull that strain because remember the host wants to survive. Remember, the purpose of being a virus is a virus has one aim. It's to infect something, potentially a human being, you the host, so that it can infect you and could hijack your cellular metabolic machinery to spread itself. A virus knows to do nothing else but spread itself, replicate. Right. That's it. So here you have these vaccines in chickens that showed us a model that was very dangerous because the question is, why would you produce a vaccine that would reduce symptoms yet not prevent the, the animal or now human being from being infected or spreading? Well, maybe it's to keep the chickens alive longer. They can have more eggs, lay more chickens, chicks, etc. So, so from, the, from a financial point of view, um, you, you don't suffer as much loss. But there's a cost to this. Everything, there's a cost, an opportunity cost, you could say. And the cost here is that you are spreading infection and potentially lethal infection. So fast forward now to us. Let's bring the Marek model to us today. We are seeing in UK, for example, if you look at the United Kingdom's Public Health England report that they put out, probably next to Israel is probably the most comprehensive data. They report 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, the last five reports over the last months since everybody's been vaccinated. What does the data show? Well, I, I'm going to make the hypothesis here to you that we are probably facing Marek's disease 2.0 in humans today because their data is showing consistently that the vaccinated persons have much higher infection, especially from age 30 onwards, all of the age bands, than the unvaccinated. So the vaccinated are becoming infected with Delta at much higher burden than the unvaccinated. However, when you drill down into the data, you see that it's the unvaccinated and the vaccinated, but the unvaccinated is experiencing higher death. So that's exactly what happened in the chickens. That was the virologist's greatest nightmare and fear that we would produce a vaccine that could be leaky, a vaccine that we could cause you, we could not prevent you from being infected. So ask yourself a simple question. Let's not even talk about booster and fourth and third and all of this. But ask yourself a simple question, Avi. This is what the public needs to understand. You've been double vaccinated, yet infections have risen. And people have been hospitalized and people have died. The vaccine is not working for the Delta. Remember, well, they're telling, the us, they're telling us that it's the unvaccinated who are spreading it and that majority of the people getting sick and dying are unvaccinated. That's what they're telling us to sell no. everyone to go get the shot. No, 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 no. Because if you look at the UK data, it's the vaccinated people who are spreading it. But the unvaccinated are carrying the burden of death because they are vulnerable. And that's exactly what happened in the chickens. That's my point. And that's right, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, no, it's it sounds very much similar to to what Dr. Rich told said to me in my uh, in my interview with right. him. And I asked him, "We're being told that the vaccinated should be afraid of the unvaccinated." And he said, "No, no, it's the opposite. The exactly. unvaccinated should be afraid of the vaccinated." And and you're and you're backing up that position yes. as well. 
Avi, we study this data and we read, listen. Reach myself, McCullough, Tenenbaum, um, Zelenko. We are, our issue is the science is 100% on our side. We study this data. The problem is the media, etc., the governments have locked us out because they want no one to talk to us. Because when we start talking to science and explaining things, you understand it fully. Our problem is not the facts and the data. Our problem is the podium. Today, it is the unvaccinated need to be more concerned about the vaccinated because it is the vaccinated. Look, I'm not getting into the biochemistry and all of this immunology and stuff. I'm not even an immunologist, but I understand enough. I've studied it now over the last 18, 19 months. If the initial strain was the Wuhan strain in February, March 2020, and it is this strain that they use to make the vaccine, all of the vaccine developers, whether you use the mRNA platform or the adenoviral vector track uh, platform, DNA, they all were based on the initial Wuhan strain. That's 18, 19 months ago. That doesn't exist. The predominant strain is Delta. When you get a vaccine today, an Israeli person, a Jewish person, I'll be as simple as I can. You are being vaccinated for to build an antibody response to a, a variant that does not exist. Your antibody response will not hit the Delta. That is why in Israel and in UK and in Seychelles and in Iceland and Gibraltar and United States and all of the countries now, everybody who's been vaccinated is becoming infected because this new variant has come along called Delta, that when it comes along and sees your immune response, your antibodies to the Wuhan strain, it laughs at it and it blow passes it and, and, and runs it. And infects you. That's why we can make the assertion that it is the vaccinated who is becoming infected, harboring the virus at massive loads and spreading it to the unvaccinated. They include, they spread it to the vaccinated also. They spread to the vaccinated too and the unvaccinated. But the unvaccinated are, are very vulnerable. And that's why they are being hospitalized and dying at such higher numbers. Remember, the vaccine is doing what it really was designed to do. Remember, people, just, people don't understand something that's very important. And I know we talk, I wanted to talk about lockdowns because my approach was always securely vulnerable people principally and then let the rest of society live naturally as close to normal lives as possible, largely unfettered. Once you secure the elderly properly, if you don't, this will never work. This is how we've done it all along for decades, for centuries. And we have early treatment, even if they got infected. We did the opposite. We locked down the health in society, and we've still failed to protect the vulnerable. We allowed our elderly in nursing homes and old age homes to die because we didn't protect them. Staff infected them and killed them. Not deliberately, but by all of those policies were, were devastating. But coming back to the vaccine that people need to understand, the reality here is this. If 
The people haven't been told this by the vaccine developers, the CDC, the NIH, your government, your Ministry of Health. I don't know if Dr. Reese covered it, but I'll cover it here. When the vaccine developers ran their trials, they didn't design the trials. They didn't produce a vaccine that would stop infection, that would stop transmission, similar to the vaccines for Marek's disease that Reed et al. reported about in 2015 in the chickens that opened our eyes to this devastating situation. They did not invent a vaccine, the COVID vaccine developers, to stop death or hospitalization. They invented a vaccine to reduce symptoms. These vaccines were only designed to reduce mild COVID symptoms, reduce mm. cough, reduce fever, whatever. That, to me, was, was, was catastrophic failure right out of the gate. Why would I be interested in you giving me a vaccine they're going to reduce my symptoms of cough. I want you to give me a vaccine that's going to stop me from dying. I want you to give me a vaccine that will stop me from getting infected in the first place or transmitting it. They have failed. All of these vaccine developers have failed. These vaccines do not stop you from getting infected. They state that. Everybody knows this now. So, But, it, but the public, the public can't wrap their head around that the facts is as though they can't, they don't want to believe that they that they that they have been misled. They've not been told told the truth. You're being vaccinated with a vaccine that reduces your symptoms, and that is why when you get double vaccinated, you don't have symptoms when you get infected with the Delta because the vaccine is actually doing what it's supposed to do. You're feeling fine. And you're going about life because you're double vac. You have no symptoms. But what you don't realize is the Delta has already evaded with immune escape your antibodies because the antibodies that you produce were for the Wuhan strain. So the Delta is already infecting you and you are churning out infection and becoming infected with heavy viral load. But you don't know. Because the vaccine is actually reducing the symptoms in you. And you're going about life spreading it to the unvaccinated. That is the argument we've been trying to make. That's the key that people don't understand. Or nobody's explaining it to you. Yes, the vaccine is reducing symptoms in the vaccinated. While you are churning out massive amounts of virus in you. And I'm not making it up. You can see that in your in your society. The vaccinated were all infected. And then you started to see hospitalizations and deaths in the unvaccinated. How come? Because the vaccinated have been spreading to them. We are seeing it clearly in the UK data. And we are trying to say, this is an alarm here. Could this be what, what happened with the chickens when those vaccine developers develop the vaccine for Marek's disease, is that model playing out now in human beings? And we argue, we don't know, and we would have only known if these vaccine developers had followed these vaccines for the 10 to 12 to 15 years as normal. They did not. They brought the vaccine in three months. So right now, we don't know what's happening. We just know that you ask us to take one shot. Then you came around and said, well, actually, it's two. 
Then after the second shot, you say, but you still need to put back on the mask. Oh, and, oh, by the way, you need to still socially distance. Or you can't go and see granny still. And you can't go back to your normal life. Oh, no, no, what? Now we need a third. But you still keep on the mask. And now we need a fourth. So, Avi, tell me, is it the population insane? Is it the population insane? Or is it not your government is insane? And your public health official? What did I just say that is not true? And if you think about it, how impossible how devastating what i just said is the vaccines have failed no one is saying it to you i just said it the vaccines do not work against the delta remember your natural immunity you are better off people were better off never touching the vaccines my opinion but i can make the argument and they will never debate me a person is better off once you protect the elderly in your society. Once you strongly double down and triple down, protect them. Make sure you protect them. You are better off the rest of your society, including the children who have no risk from, the, from, from this virus now, this Delta. It is so minimal. If there's another mutation, it will be down to zero. It will be nothing. You are better your children. They can handle it. Being exposed to Delta and, 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 and being harmlessly infected. Harmlessly, not deliberately. Just normal life. Because they will be immune for life. The immunity is one and done. Natural immunity to the virus gives your immune system a shot at every part of the viral ball. All of the envelope membrane, the nucleocapsid, the spike proteins, all of the proteins on the viral ball all of the epitope, the binding areas, all of the areas that are conserved in the virus. The vaccine immunity confers protection to the spike, one target, with a few epitopes. How could vaccine immunity be superior to naturally acquired immunity, natural exposure immunity from this virus? Impossible. When the CDC director and the NIH director and Fauci and this state that vaccine immunity is superior to natural immunity. They are blatantly lying to the, to the United States public and to the world. They know that that is impossible. Vaccine immunity tries to mirror, mirror your natural immunity. Natural immunity is far superior than vaccine immunity could ever be. And it's lifelong. We have research that shows us in 2008, 2010, a research group found about 30 survivors of the 1918 Spanish flu. They were about 90 to 95 years old, almost 100. And they looked at their blood. What did they find? They found that their blood had immune T-cell response, natural immunity to the 1918 Spanish flu. They were still immune after 100 years. Wow. That's the key, natural immunity. So, look, people are, people are trusting government. I trust, well, after COVID, I mean, I don't know what to say anymore. People, but, people used to trust government. Yes. This, this vaccine situation is a very, very serious issue. Because let me ask Israeli population something. They are talking about a fourth shot. And then if you took a fourth, the vaccine immunity will wane again. 
That's what's happening after four to five months, the antibodies falls flat. Then you're going to have to do a fifth. You're going to have to take a vaccine for the rest of your life. That's the point. And that's why we need to say stop. Because we do not know now what's going to happen to you long term. We just don't. Because it, look, in another vaccine, they followed it for 10, 12, 15 years. We could see the long term consequences. And we then make a decision whether this is safe or not. In this case, we've not done that. So we're just doing things and going along. Oh, take another shot. And we don't know. We don't know what we're doing, people. That's the point. So we are saying stop with the children. Stop. If you, have, if you as an adult decided to roll up your sleeve and take the jab, that's your business. You deal with the consequences. If it works, all power to you. But do not touch the children. Because children are normally naturally immune. We showed, I showed studies in my op-ed by Patel that showed that the ACE2 receptor, that's the receptor that the, 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 the virus needs to interact and interface with to enter into your cells. The spike protein on the viral ball, the authentic virus, needs to interact with the ACE2 receptor. The ACE2 receptor is found on, on the outer surface of all of your cells throughout your body. In your nostrils, so your respiratory tract, your digestive tract, especially on the surface of the vascular endothelium, all of the cells that line your blood vessels, etc. We found that in the nostrils of children, and that's where the virus principally lands when you first get exposed, we found that the children don't express ACE2 in their nostrils at the levels of older persons and, and adults. And that helped explain to us why children didn't get infected readily. And why they didn't get severely ill? It's because they didn't have the molecular apparatus to begin with. We also have some research, additional research to show us by LOSC that, that the innate immunity, the natural innate immunity of children is already prime. It's already um, it's, it's pre-activated an antiviral response to the SARS-CoV-2 and to viral infections that puts them at far less risk. We have research by Yang and we have research by Weisberg and Faber that shows that children's blood has B cells, um, B cells that and T cell immunity already. T cells that are naive and untrained, a cellular response in the blood cells that shows that they have cross protection and cross reactivity to prior common cold coronaviruses. That's why children have done so well against this and will continue to do well. So the question is, why would you vaccinate them? What is the value added? What? There's none. No one can show it other than, well, now we just got approval, so let's go ahead and vaccinate them. But what happens if we kill a bunch of children? So so let me follow up with this question, uh, Dr. Alexander. Uh, so because here in Israel we're being told, yes, even though children don't really get sick, well, on the one hand, they still could get sick and they could still get long COVID. On the other hand, we have to protect grandma. So I want to touch your exactly what you're saying. You're saying children shouldn't be vaccinated. Lockdowns for the general population shouldn't work, but we have to protect the older generation. How do no. we protect the older generation then, Dr. Alexander? No, no, I never said lockdown should. Did you say should work? 
No, lockdown, lockdowns for the general population do, do not work. Do not work. We looked at all of the science, all of the evidence. We looked at every single location in this world. We've published this. Every setting, United States, any country you could name. We have about 115 pieces of science and studies. Every single one, the lockdowns failed to stop transmission of death. In fact, lockdowns caused tremendous death and harms to children particularly and poor persons. We shifted the burden to the poor, but the lockdowns never worked, number one. Number two, to answer your question, I will throw out a, a provocative hypothesis. By closing schools, we actually killed elderly people. And you might say, how? Well, let me explain really? that theory because uh, the information is out there. You just need to be willing to think. When children go to school, they become infected with common colds constantly. Common colds are coronaviruses, same as SARS-CoV-2, same family, same viral shape, etc. That offers cross-protection and cross-reactivity. By closing schools and sending children home, as long as we did, we prevented children from getting their routine immune systems being taxed and tuned up, exposed to common colds, and they reacting and building an immune response many times during the year. Children will take that home, expose their parents, expose their grandparents to it, infect their grandparents and parents. Parents and grandparents get a cold too. That's why everybody at home with young children are always sick also, because your children are bringing it home. But when you get it at home, you also generate an immune response, the benign low-grade cold. But that immune response is protective against SARS-CoV-2. We always knew this. So we made the argument, do not close schools because you are preventing children from taking common colds home that could boost and prime the elderly's immune system being exposed to those common colds. And then it will give them a protection against SARS-CoV-2, COVID. And it's not illogical, it makes fine sense. But these bureaucrats and technocrats can't think like this. They are highly paid and highly underworked. They don't think. They're highly inept. The lockdowns failed. The school closures devastated people, killed children. The mass mandates all failed. We looked at every single space in the world with a mass mandate. Every country, every setting, and not one place did a mass mandate work. They failed. All of the policies have failed. The question is, how long do we continue with this? How long? Are you saying that Israelis have now accepted, Avi, that they're going to take a booster shot every four to five months for the rest of their life? And the yep. moment you start this with children, yep. your child is going to get a shot every four to five months because the authorities are going to circle back to you and tell you, well, you know, the antibodies from the vaccine failed. So, but if you took another one, we will boost up the antibodies again. They will begin to fail every month. And then in four to five months, you'll do that for the rest of your life. And then they're going to start with the vaccine passports. So then you get your little vaccine passport. Boom, you have it. And every six months, your passport is expired. But they go on they hook all of your privileges of life. You're shopping in the mall, going into the pharmacy, driving and going wherever. 
So once that passport fails because your vaccine, unless you go and get your new booster and they reactivate that card, you're now cut out from society. That is why we are saying everybody needs to stop, think carefully of what your government is doing. The power resides with the people, but the people need to be informed and understand the long-term implications of what we're talking about. We're talking about major societal transformation. And is this what your society... Does Israel want to go the way of Australia? Australia is insane. The governments and the people are insane. I have family in Australia, but they're gone nuts. They're letting their governments abuse them, brutalize them, subjugate them, dehumanize them, and harm them. I don't think Israelis are like that. Israelis need to slow down. Put the brakes halt on your children no one is to touch your child with these vaccines unless they bring liability protection and they take it off the table unless the vaccine developers tell the nation and the government and the government says it that there's no liability protection don't even have a discussion about the vaccines i guarantee you they'll never do that because not one of them can vouch to the safety of these vaccines they know it. They didn't do the studies. How could they vouch? So you're really asking them to say something that they do something they can't, but you need to force them to say they can't. Then you will understand there's a problem with these vaccines. If there was no problem, they could remove liability protection. It's that simple. Right. Well, Dr. Alexander, thank you so much for all of this very, I hope very you don't, important I hope information. You don't hate me or say, oh my God, this guy gave me a lot of agita and stress this morning with 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 with, with his science and the way he's explaining it. But I mean, look, this is not about look, Avi. Look at what we've done. Tens and hundreds of millions of people across the world. We have these people working in CVS pharmacy and Walmart. You go into shop and they're walking up to you with a little clipboard and say, hey, roll up your arm, take a jab. Nobody explained to you the benefits versus the risks. Right. Nobody. And you're just taking a shot? Are you crazy? Right. So right. that's my view. Right. Listen, uh, just to give you some personal anecdotes, I have uh, close family members. Uh, some of them were vaccinated who got sick with the virus from other vaccinated people. Yes. Um, and then I have other family members who are who did not get the jab they also got sick from other vaccinated people and interestingly enough the vaccinated people ended up getting sicker uh than the ones who were unvaccinated it happens uh, just based on on, on our family well, members well well avi wait i just want to say the reason our family members took medical treatment early medical treatment immediately so their symptoms went away within one two days Yes. Um, whereas the vaccinated people were sicker for a longer time. Now, I'm not saying that's proof of everything, but that's a personal personal anecdote from my life that I saw with my own eyes of, of, of the both the vaccinated and unvaccinated people. But uh, I've been on top of the un understanding, the knowledge of early medical treatment. Yes. And as long as you get it taken care of early, then, and then that's much better than taking a jab that is potentially harmful, both short-term and long-term. Um, and the, it's, it, what's interesting, the information you're giving is not only 
is the is the is the jab potentially harming someone's immune system to deal with this virus but you're saying that the policies that were implemented by our medical establishments and governments actually allowed for our all of our immune systems to be even weaker than normal because of the lockdowns because of quarantines yes. because etc 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 so there are some scientists saying that this winter is going to be a very dangerous winter with a lot of people much sicker than ever before yes. and specifically vaccinated people because of the whole natural immunity uh well, issue that they don't necessarily have not just for covid yes and you just here's two quick points so i don't forget them one what killed a lot of remember in, in around 2010 they did these mRNA vaccines. They tried these vaccines in animals after SARS-1. They've been trying these vaccines for decades. And every time they've tried them, multiple trials, they failed. And they were prevented, the vaccine developers, from taking these vaccines to humans because the animals died. All of the animals died. They got serious uh, liver inflammation and, and, and uh, liver toxicity and lung inflammation, etc. Why? Often it was because they were exposed to not even SARS-1 in the, in the wild type challenge. It was common cold. And that's what we're concerned with. Remember, common cold coronaviruses shaped same family as the SARS-CoV-2. Your immune system by being vaccinated could be so revved up and primed that a common cold, which would do you nothing normally, could cause you serious problems in the coming months. And that's what we're sitting back to see what's going to happen. That's a very, very, very concerning issue. And like these vaccine developers and the FDA and governments are not thinking about these. And this is what we can't understand. It's as though you're sacrificing the lives of your people. Not just that, by locking children down, children's immune system needs to be taxed and tuned up daily. It needs to be challenged. That's how the immune system works and, 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 and develop fully and functionally for the rest of their life. From locking children down for all of these months, over a year, masking them, social distance, you are taking functional immune systems and you're weakening them. We don't know what's going to happen to our children in the future. We don't know. They might present with illnesses that we normally have tamped down, may now flare up because... The immune systems are so weak and so damaged and hobbled. The world is hobbled by what we've done. That's why we were begging the country and states to open up because we were seeing the data. We were seeing the data in the administration coming up from the different states where little children were hanging themselves. They were committing suicide across America. The news wasn't reporting it because then Trump would have ammunition in his campaign. Trump did a lot of good things for America. I supported him. I'll be blunt. I'll be very honest. I am very against the vaccines, but I have nothing ill to say about what he has done. If he was running again, I would vote for him, to be honest with you. He was begging the states to open. Why? Right. He was seeing the data. He was seeing the effect of the lockdowns on business owners. They were committing suicide. Employees who were laid off were killing themselves. Children were killing themselves across America. And yet the teachers' unions and the CDC in an unholy alliance kept schools closed. That killed many children. Many, many children. And I suspect 
It happened in Canada, in UK, in Israel even. You must never, ever allow our governments this kind of emergency powers ever again. They abuse them and they harm the society. There must be a more balance. That's why we, we, we argued for age risk stratified approach. You focus on the high risk. You don't adopt a carte blanche approach to this kind of situation. You don't take the healthy and wealthy in society and lock them down and curtail them. You're damaging their immune systems and they could handle anything normally. When you leave your studio, wherever you are, to go home or wherever you go next, you're going to confront many bacteria and viruses in the environment. You have an innate immune system, system at the level of your mucosal layer in your nostrils. Your mucosal compartment of the immune system has a cellular component that will vanquish anything in the environment. You get things coming at you and you never even know. Your immune system zaps it, deals with it. You never know. That's the healthy person. That's the magic of our immune system. Why did we not let our people deal with these the healthy people in our society? Protect the vulnerable first, but yet let the healthy and the well. Why have we, are we not allowing our children to live freely? Why? To deal with this, they can handle it. We even have early treatment for the vulnerable persons. If they do get infected, we could treat them. That's the key here. Everything has been done wrong right. to get a jab in your arm. And it makes no sense that Israeli people will be lining up for a fort because what they need to think about, it's almost like the world is laughing at Israel. We're laughing. We want to know what the hell is wrong with Israeli people because then they're going to tell you a fifth and you're going to line up for that. So it, you need to stop. Well, I'll, give you, I'll give you some good news, Dr. Alexander. When I talk to people, I tell them the most important data point to follow is the number of people who return for the following shot. Meaning, around a half a million people who got the first shot did not return for the second shot. Around mm. a million and a half people, last I looked at the data from the government, who took the second shot did not return for the third booster shot. So with each consecutive shot, as people are learning, unfortunately, because of their own personal situations, either to themselves or loved ones or families, or they're starting to hear a lot of stories and learning that the shot is not doing what it's supposed to, and people are still getting sick and dying even after taking the shots, they are less and less going back for the consecutive shots. So that is the most important data point that people should know and should follow if you're looking at Israel for the data. We're in, we're in very, very trying times, sir. I very much appreciate you. Very privileged and humble that you would allow me on your show. Me? Thank you. Thank you for coming on my show, Dr. Alexander. I'm, I'm the one who's privileged. Well, I uh, thank you, sir. And, um, you know, I hope you share the video. And um, I'll, be, I'll be very willing to come again whenever you want. Thank you. And I just want to bring up one point because we were talking before how this winter is going to be a very deadly winter because of the shot, that it's making our society more sickly. And yes. if anyone just wants to see this, it's already out there, even though they're not making the connection. Anyone can go to Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever and search for super cold. That is what they are calling the sickness in Britain right now. 
BBC, super cold. Is it the is the worst cold ever going around? Uh, Su uh, New Zealand Herald, super cold. Thousands across UK come down with worst. Is the U science focus? Is the UK heading for a winter of super colds? Telegraph, have you caught the super cold? All of a sudden, there's a new cold, and they're not connecting it to the shot. But I imagine, based on all of the scientific medical information you have been telling us right now, that it is because of the government and medical policies and this shot that you, the United Kingdom is going through that right now. And here in Israel and other countries are also going to go through this super cold, very disease-filled winter. It's a, it's a look... It's a terrible situation right now, and, and um, I'm just hoping that people would stop and think this through clearly. And right now, if 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 the only thing they can do is to is to come up with a much more balanced decision making process regarding their children, it would be the best thing. Because as a parent, our role is to protect our child, and we are making the decisions here for them. And if a vaccine developer needed 15 years to develop a vaccine and you got it in three months there is no way you can tell me that this vaccine is safe the purpose for the 15 years is to follow the safety part to find the signals you cannot tell me that it is safe and that's a fact and they cannot that's why they have liability protection we need them to decide to remove it if they don't want to then you understand that they understand that there's risk. But then why would you put your child at risk when your child brings near zero risk to the table? Right. That's the key. And that's right. that's the issue. And parents now have to make a decision and be prepared. I'd be prepared to fight. I would I would bring the country to its knees. If we have to shut everything down, so the government will stop. Because it seems that they won't stop unless we stop them. What it will take, it might take countries striking. I'm sorry, I'm speaking to you bluntly. I'm a scientist. I'm not a political person. But I'm saying it might take people having to strike, having to put tools down and bring the economy to a halt. So these people, a lot of them have done this in between the election cycles. So they are hoping that in the next months and year, they will then end all of this and then get reelected. The Prime Minister of Canada did a trick on, Can on Canadians. After two years, he called an election suddenly. And he just squeaked in a victory. Just squeaked in a victory. And he split the seats. He did electoral gimmicks to win. He split ridings in safe seats, uh, safe seat ridings, so he could win because, because the polls showed he was not going to. These elected officials need to be voted out of office. Voted out of office for what they've done here. A lot of things have been done is, is wrong. It, it has no scientific basis. And we need, right now, we need to get it to stop. But once we can do that, then we need to go back and figure out who did what. Who benefited from some of this madness. And we need to hold them to account. We need to. Don't be afraid to. Because they must oh. never, ever do this again. Dr. Alexander, I know you have to go, but you just you just touched upon a, a, an important point. If you could just address it before before we, we 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 really end, you mentioned we have to get rid of the politicians. Unfortunately, many people are saying, well, regardless of the politicians, all of the doctors and all of the scientists 
are saying that we should take the jab, the one, the two, the three, and the lockdowns are good, and the masks are good, and the social distancing is good. So forget about the politicians. How You're a scientist. How, what do you say to people who are, who are believing all of the scientists and doctors who are saying that everything, all these in, policies about the jab and the lockdowns and the masks, they're good? Well, well, I'll say it this way. A lot of them, a lot of people I know, and they're good, they're good friends and they're good people, but they've been silenced into submission because remember, let's use United States as an example model. The NIH gets about 50 to 60 billion dollars a year to allocate to all of the universities, all of the research funding. So when people like Fauci and they come out with their ridiculous statements, and the NIH director, Francis Collins, the absurd, inept statements. This is my scientific view. Um, doctors and scientists can't say anything because they research grants. These people survive on grants. They survive on research grants and funding, right? So you are almost, look, when I was in the administration, many people came to me from the CDC and the NIH and they quietly, they told me, Paul, we understand what you're saying. We understand the people you work with and, and uh, your groups, your research groups, and we understand we believe you. We, we are on the same page. We know this is wrong. We know that was wrong. This is wrong. But we have to be silent because I lose my job. I will lose my grant. It's not that I agree. It's just that I, I, I am an academic scientist or a clinician. I can't work in the private industry. I don't know what else to do. So if I lose my... So in Canada, they're punishing doctors who use early treatment by stripping them of their license and going after them. In the United States, have doctors spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with illegal defenses. So that's what the government does. But at the end of the day, I believe once we could go back and figure out who in the leadership positions, who are the senior officials in these agencies who did wrong, who knowingly made decisions that harm people, we need to hold them to account. And I believe over time, these agencies could probably recapture some of their glory and run the way they were supposed to be, which was non-political public health agencies. They're not supposed to be non-biased, etc. And if you have to weed people out and fire them, you fire them. It's like, it's like when people come to me and say, oh, Paul, what am I going to do? My school, they're going to have this mandate. Um, my child is eight. I don't want them to be vaccinated. I, I, I've seen the data. The vaccines are at risk. What would I do though? The mandate? I say, well, you're asking me a stupid question. You are the parent. You just told me all the answers. You have the answers. Take it. Take a child out to the school. Figure out another model. Homeschool them. Find parents who form a group. You as a parent or you as a human being, an adult, you need to sit back and think about this carefully and make some decisions that will best safeguard you. You don't just go along. You don't just go along with, with, with because if everything is being done wrong, you're going along with the wrongdoing. No, you, you, you make the decisions that are best for you and your family. And if the problem here is people just acquiesce to the group, and that's what the government has done. The government has, has taken the fact that many people just decided to go along and trust the government and not push back. If the majority of people had said, stop, government will not be able to do this. Government can't do this. They don't have the police or the military to force you to do it. That's the problem. The problem is too much people are still lost. They're not informed and they're not reading. They're not doing the deep thinking. You know, 
and that right. government still a good job by by isolating us. Listen, once you lock people down and you lock them down for long enough and you keep them separated, no no inter intermingling, no nothing, and you keep pummeling them with subversive dark things. Oh, you know, you keep the mask on. Don't go out. Don't go down your driveway. You'll get infected. You'll die. Don't talk to your neighbor. Don't hug up your family member. Don't do this. After one year, 15 months of that, you will get people so compliant because you distort their senses and their perceptions and you right. mess with it. You could get them compliant to bend to your will. And that's what governments have done. So we need people like you, Avi, to take your forum and keep educating people and challenging people to think about this issue properly and say, look, I took my one job. I then took a second. I even took a third in less than eight months. That is unheard of. That should tell you the vaccine failed. For you to have to take the same shot three times means the vaccine failed. Now we're talking about a fourth. The vaccine has failed against the Delta. It does not work. I don't understand what people are not understanding. And you are putting the unvaccinated at risk. And how dare you as a society and a people, anybody, try to rip vaccinated, unvaccinated apart and make a dualistic society. Right now, it's the unvaccinated must be fearful of the vaccinated. It's the other way around. So this has been so so wrong to try and stigmatize and smear the unvaccinated. When they're making an informed decision, they assess the situation. They're making a decision. Look, it's my body. From what I see, and I think this is not safe for me or not right now. Leave them alone. Let them make that decision and go on. And if they're naturally immune, they're recovered, recovered, Leave them alone. They have far better. A naturally immune person, COVID recovered, has far better immunity than any vaccine recovered, any vaccine person. That's basic immunology. And what the governments have done has been lied to people. And all these doctors and scientists know that, Avi. All of them who are silent, letting the government get away with the statement, they know the natural immunity is superior. They know it. So I want to, I want to, I want to strengthen, I want to strengthen the point you're going, you're, you're making. And then I, I just want to push you again on that final question to get a little more clarification. I want to strengthen the point you're making because, um, it, the, an Israeli government decision, and I saw the protocol, I saw the protocol from the committee that made the decision that it said people who have natural immunity because they, they got sick or whatever, they have natural immunity, they have the antibodies, whatever, they still have to take the shot, well, even though they know natural immunity is stronger. And again, this is in the government protocol. Why did they decide that even someone with natural immunity must take the shot? Because if they do not have people who have natural immunity getting the shot, then everyone would prefer to get sick than getting the shot. So the only way to coerce the public to all get the shot is to make sure that even people with natural immunity also must get the shot. That is the well, government decision. I saw that the is protocol. so ridiculous because first of all, first of all, we have data. We have data by Kramer. We have data by Matteo Dacus. We have data by Raw. We have three other studies, six in all, that showed us that if you layer vaccine immunity on top of natural COVID recovery immunity, you are likely to end up in the hospital. You don't vaccinate people who COVID recovered. You don't do that. You just don't. 
Because A, we didn't study it in these trials, but B, we knew from experience. Let me ask a question. Think about your mother when she was a child, or even think about you. If you had measles, or you knew anybody had measles, and you got you actually got an outbreak and you got a rash, a little scratchy, itchy, but you end up it passed and then bam. Your mother didn't take you to, to the doctor to get a shot after that. The doctor would have chuckled and say, Oh, Mrs. Smith, let me just update the chart. Susie got measles and three months ago, great. The doctor will never vaccinate Susie, who has had measles, because he knows Susie's immune for life. Why? Because the doctor's not insane. It's the same thing here. You don't vaccinate somebody who's recovered from something. The government is wrong. The scientists know that the government is wrong. Yes. Saying this, we have studies that show that persons who are COVID recovered, if you go and vaccinate them, particularly after the second shot, we see a devastating impact on their cellular immune response, particularly their T-cell immunity. And we're talking about the CD8+, plus natural killer cells. These are the cells that your system, your immune system, they... They are so potent, the natural killer CD8+. They kill viruses. They vanquish anything on its own. They don't even need antibodies to work with them. These are the cells that, that, that kill all the viruses and keep cancers in check. Vaccinating people on top of natural immunity damages the natural immune response that you had in place. We have the studies that showing this. I, I, I can't understand how governments and scientists, and I'm being blunt, and, and you know what, Avi, they've sold us out for grant money for their careers. They prefer, you know. Right, because it's the medical professionals telling our politicians to do this. They're relying on all the information the medical professionals are telling them. Yes, but 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 they know that they're lying. They know that they're, mis they're misleading. That's not a fact. That is not correct. Look, the CDC's own websites. The public who listen, they could go and find it themselves. I even wrote an op-ed on the CDC's own database websites to the public. They have that if you had chicken pox before, you don't need to get a vaccine. They have that if you had measles or mumps or rubella, you don't need the MMR. The CDC has it, but the public doesn't know. Go and read it, and then you will figure out, well, then what's different about COVID? Somebody's lying to me. Somebody. But you see, they, they're depending on you being lazy. Um, right. and, and many of these doctors and scientists, too, let me be blunt, they become technically sloppy, academically very lazy. They're not doing the work. Rish and myself, from Apollo, we read hundreds of papers a day. Many, many things. We talk, we meet. These doctors and they, they just want to get the information from the central public health person and say, listen, I have to do this because they told us we have to do that. They're not doing the work. The science is there. We, we understand this COVID situation fully. So, so a lot is to blame with them because they don't want to threaten their income and their salary. But uh, there comes a time in your life where you need to stand up and say, look, this is madness. My research grant and stuff is not more important than people's human lives and the truth. So at the end of this, those same doctors have lost already all of their credibility and it's good. I, I don't think the scientific community or the medical profession could ever be get back that mystique and that gravitas and that allure that it once had. People don't even regard them anymore. It's junk coming out of them.
Right. And you raised a very important point. You're saying the ones on the top, the ones with the grant money doing all the studies, they've in a sense been corrupted. And yes. they're either, whether they're silenced or they're putting out these, these studies that are wrong information, but yes. it's trickling down to all the doctors and pediatricians that all the parents go to. And all the parents are being told by all the, all the frontline doctors, oh, take the vaccine, take the vaccine, because they're relying on all the studies they're getting from the top. And you're saying right. those are all corrupted. Yes, yes, because the pharma, big pharma, which is billions and trillions, fund those granting agencies too. That's where their money comes from. So they all have to toe the line. So they have few people in this world like Dr. Harvey Reich or Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Tenenbaum, or even myself, like Dr. Trozzi in Canada, Dr. Francis Christian, Dr. Roger Hodkinson. But we've paid a price. We've lost our careers, our income. We've lost our consultancies. They've lost their practices. We have paid a price, but we've decided as academic scientists and those of us who are actual clinicians and say, no, 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 no. If it's a few of us, we're still going to fight because this is wrong. This is wrong. And that's it. That's where we are. And we're so far indebted and invested now, we can't turn back. The damage has been done to us, so we have to keep going now. Well, Dr. Alexander, I want to thank you not only on behalf of myself, but on behalf of humanity for sticking with the truth, for sticking with the true science, and for standing up and trying to save our lives by continuing to, to put the true it's information the children. out there. We're fighting for the children now. This is the battle. So you need to bring me back on. You got it, Dr. Alexander. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right, everybody. That is Dr. Paul Alexander, who just gave a wealth of information and a huge amount of time in order to help inform as many people as possible. And finally, anytime I talk about this issue, I want all of you to understand, go find a doctor treatment. There are early medical treatments out there. Whatever medical decision you make, respect other people. If you are wary about the jab, about the shot, or you don't want to take it, if you or anyone you loved or know gets sick, find a doctor who knows how to give early medical treatment. I have two very close family members who got sick. Immediately, we contacted a doctor who gives treatment. And uh, he treated them. He gave each of them the correct medication that they each need because each person is different. And they both got rid of their COVID-19 uh, symptoms within a day and a half, two days. Um, early medical treatment exists. Again, we believe that there is a God out there. We believe that things are out of our hands. Nothing is 100%. No vaccine is 100%. No medical treatment is 100%. But following information from Dr. Alexander and so many other doctors who are saying that there is no need for this shot and there is early medical treatment and to trust our natural immunity. Signing off from the eternal and ancestral homeland of the Jewish people. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Shalom. Pulse of Israel, frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.